0: called about the armor of God, and uh, it's not loungewear, okay? And so uh, I was very proud of that tagline, and so uh, if you don't find it funny, that's too bad. Uh, I'm also very proud of this graphic. Uh, It's a a person in a suit of armor uh, sitting in front of their computer screen, and uh, what I'm really proud about it is uh, AI generated that uh, for me. So it was really cool. I just, I've never used uh, never used it before, so I was, I was really stoked about that. But you're not interested in any of that at all. You're like, come on, preach the word. Okay. So we are in uh, a little section of scripture in a book called Ephesians. Before I get into kind of what the historical context is and all that kind of stuff, uh, as you know, I belong to this crazy gym where uh, they come up with all these horrible torture exercises like they're not normal when I was growing up uh, as a as a young man uh, in high school there was only a couple things you were interested in but the primary one was how much do you bench now I, I that was like for all the guys on the football team for maybe some of you who are around my age you know mid-30s whatever uh What's that? Okay. Uh, there we go. Uh, right. So uh, that was just the big thing. How, how much, how much you bench, how much you bench. That was the whole thing. Well, now as science has kind of informed us, uh, we uh, understand that our bodies are a little bit more than just our upper body. There's also uh, what we refer to in science as a lower body. And so uh, you have uh, all those muscles a- a- as well. And uh, but but I'll bet you guys are really, really smart. If I were to say the most important thing you can do for your body, you can fill in the blank, is to strengthen your core. There you go. Strengthen your core, right? Strengthen your stomach. Strengthen your back. It doesn't matter how much you can lift. If your back and your stomach can't support what you're doing, you are going to get injured. You are going to get um, uh, it, then you'll be out for a while and it just messes everything up. You have to strengthen your core. This morning, we're going to kick off the series and I'm going to talk about the most important thing you, uh, of this of the whole armor of God. And you do think, well, the sword of the spirit, because that's the word of God, or a shield of faith or a breastplate of righteousness or all those things. Without this most important piece, all the other ones, are, are uh, rendered not useless, but not as effective. So we'll be talking about this morning. We are in the book of Ephesians. Paul wrote this while he was in prison. Uh, commentators argue back and forth of whether he was chained to a, a, a guard or if, like, what the guard was dressed like. But a, a lot of people believe that when Paul was writing this, there was a Roman guard. And so when he was talking about the, the armor of God, he kind of had a person there. And if, if he didn't, uh, he'd been around the Roman uh, army long enough. They've seen him roaming the streets, kind of going through all of that. He, he had a good sense of um, how he'd tell this church what's important as they try to get through life. Just like you and I, how we get through life. And so what Paul attempts to do, which we'll see in a bit, is to kind of wake the church up our lives, how we navigate life is very, very serious. How we walk through our daily walk is very, very serious. And so he starts with this language that Jesus uses a lot, and we're going to be in only two books this morning. We'll be in Ephesians, and we're going to be in the book of uh, John, because the book of John talks a lot about this idea of truth. And that's The first thing we're going to talk about this morning is the belt of truth. But we have to understand what perspective Paul is coming from. He's trying to get us to wake up that there's something other than just our day-to-day lives. There's another kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. Jesus talked about it when he prayed. He said, we'll pray that your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. To kind of wake ourselves up that there's a spiritual element to everything we do. There's a spiritual element to every relationship that we have. And so we're going to start in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And uh, Paul uh, has been using a lot of language throughout Ephesians. Uh, I didn't want to get into it it because it was taking too long to study it, but... Uh, There's lots of words about power, about standing, about mightiness, about um, um, uh, kingdoms and things like that. And so when we see Ephesians chapter 6, this is really a culmination of everything Paul's been writing to this church through the chapters before. And so he says this, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So you think, okay, that's he, he's, he's getting this idea that, that, that you have access to something that is not just your own strength. And it's exciting, right? So finally, be strong in the Lord in his mighty power. And then he says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand. Now, what I put the stand in yellow because we're going to see how many times he wants us to just stand. For some of you... I know your story, and for those, uh, some of you who are watching online, I know your story. You've sent me emails. You're at a place right now where just standing seems hard. Forget about running a race with endurance. Forget about, you know, uh, taking every thought captive, like being a cop. We're more than conquerors. It's just standing is difficult for you. And I just praise God that Paul, uh, it's kind of the only thing. Just take your armor and just stand. And so that's what he says. Stand against the devil's schemes. And that's really, really important because we're going to see some spiritual language in here um, that talks about the devil or Satan or whatever. And what I want to clarify is that I believe the devil is real. I believe Satan is real. Uh, but I do not believe that he's going after each one of us individually. He's not omnipresent. So, uh, but I do believe he creates systems and cultures that kind of do his bidding. And it works along with our already broken flesh. And so when Paul talks about the devil's schemes, he's not talking about while you're driving to work tomorrow, he's going to grab the wheel and run you into a pole. It's talking about um, a consumer mindset, needing your rights, uh, being offended, being angry, anxiety. These things that our culture, uh, maybe they don't promote it, but they certainly are in a system that uh, engages with it quite often. And so that's what he says. Take your stand against the devil's schemes and then he just starts this language that puts us into really great context for our struggle is not against flesh and blood it's not your struggle is not against the republican party against the democrat party against the school board that's not the issue now that might be how you vote and how you go to meetings and figure that all out but it is a culture of brokenness that's the it's it's not against flesh and blood it's not against your boss Okay, boiler, you might be like, John, you don't know my boss. I know. I get it. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, that can be encouraging to you because uh, you can kind of think in terms of, hey, you know what? This is a spiritual battle I'm fighting. This issue that might be, I, I, I don't like my boss, maybe that isn't him. Maybe that's a culture of our, of our corporation, or maybe it's something that's happening in me, that, that there's an there's a, there's a insecurity in me or a weakness in me. And so it, it kind of opens our eyes to like maybe what we're seeing around us, what we're frustrated with, what we're anxious about, what we're fearful about isn't really the issue. And so that's what Paul is trying to say. And so he says... Therefore, put on the full armor of God. And so, there, there, as we'll be talking in the coming weeks, there is going to be a process by which we assemble these things of armor. And we'll find ourselves, when we're in a, a, a place where we don't uh, feel like things are right, we feel kind of beaten down, maybe. Maybe it's one of these pieces of armor that we're missing. Now watch, here we go with standing again. So that when... The day of evil comes, not if, when, when you when when these spiritual forces kind of are in, illuminating your life, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, Paul says this is the third time. Right? So, next verse, well, next next, very next sentence. Stand firm then. <laughs> Stand, 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 stand. And maybe for some of you, this is this will be your word for the morning. You're like, look, I, I've been struggling in my faith. I've been dealing with this addiction. I've been having these problems. I can't become a conqueror for months and months and months. But what I can do today, what I can do tomorrow is just stand. Stand my ground. And then he gives us the first uh, uh, piece of the armor, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Now, there's lots of belts uh, that you can think of that kind of identify people. You you can kind of identify people by their belt, right? If I see someone with a really nice, you know, fashion, you know, Versace or Gucci or whatever, or Louis Vuitton, and I have that, that on their belt, then I'm like, okay, I see, you know, it's that's their drip. Sorry, older people. I just happen to be a. I just happen to be kind of young. But anyway, so that's 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 their thing, right? So that's that's it. So you see that. If I see somebody with a belt buckle that's this big and it has bullhorns on it and an American flag, I'm like, I think I I think I know you. I think I I think I know what you're you're, you're all about. If I see somebody in a robe and they have a black belt that's tied. You know, like that, I'm like, oh, man, they're into martial arts, right? They, they, they belt. So you have this belt of truth. What, what is that? Now, when you look at the belt of truth and you read a bunch of scholars, scholars argue about everything. No offense, read, but uh, they argue about everything. So you're trying to figure out, like, what what is this belt? So there's a number of things that this belt could, could have been. It could have been this leather kind of uh, uh, thing that kind of came across to, like, uh, cover your lower section uh, with leather to kind of just added protection. Uh, it could be this belt that kind of um, uh, was um, to hold the other armor in place. You would click your breastplate into that. It would hold your sword. It would have, like, all, all, all these different things, like, uh, you know, like, almost like a, a Batman utility belt, right? Like, it, like it, it not only held up your pants, but the, the, it also talked about the belt would, um, your tunic, and so n- your, none of the clothes would fall down. You could, you could kind of, like, scoop up your robe or your tunic, and you, you could hold it so that you could run without tripping, right? Okay, but all of them have the same concept, The belt strengthens your core. Your belt strengthens your core. So I came, I had uh, somebody who knows what this thing is. I've seen them before, but it's a weight belt, right? And so if you've ever put on a weight belt it goes around your waist and then uh, you, you know, you cinch it up and what does this do? Now you can, you can lift a lot more, right? You're protecting your back. You're strengthening your core. You're protecting your core. If you don't have this belt and your core is not strengthened, it doesn't matter how much you can lift. One of these days, it's going to fail you. Your back's going to fail you or whatever. This allows you to lift more than you thought you could. And that is the belt of truth. If our lives are not based on truth, if they're not managed by truth if if truth is not one of our uh, main objectives in our life, bad things are going to happen. If your sexual ethic is not based on truth the truth of the Word of God, bad things are going to happen. If you're uh, the way you treat people in relationships if it's not based on the truth of the Word of God, if it's not based on the truth of who Jesus is, you're going to run, into problems. And so when you think about, I'm going to take this off because quite honestly, it's very intimidating and I, I'm just a small man. So there we go. But if we don't have that belt to protect us, we're going to be in big trouble. So let's talk a little bit about truth because I, I, I'm hoping that by the time we get done this morning, you'll have a better idea of truth than you did before. Uh, in our society, uh, I remember, so again, I'm Gen X greatest generation in the world. Uh, we uh, gave, gave you Bon Jovi. Thank you very much, Van Halen. We've done all that. We're an amazing, amazing, great, greatest generation ever. Um, uh, when I was in my late 20s, early 30s, that was when the idea of postmodernism came out, that you just can't really know any truth. Two plus two could be five. I mean, who's to really say? All, all, just all that whole concept, and I'm not going to get into all the different things that that has produced, but uh, that, that was the thing, was, was this idea of postmodernism. But But that, that's not new. We, we've been asking ourselves this question for a very, very long time. Now watch. Uh, Jesus is being, uh, we're, we're switching to John, and Jesus is being tried, and um, uh, he says this, So Pilate, okay, remember we were talking about the kingdoms and spiritual warfare and all those things. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. Jesus came to bring the kingdom of God down. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would be doing the things that servants of this kingdom of the world do. They would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. So Pilate goes, because Pilate's trying to find out, is he a king? He says, you are a king then. Jesus goes on. You say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. This is why Jesus came. He not only testifies of the truth, manifests the truth. He is the truth i could almost say this when i gird my core at my core being strengthened it will be to the extent i'm most like jesus he is the truth if i want to know the truth about relationships i look to jesus if i want to know the truth about sin and you know why do i do the right thing i look i look to jesus who who was sinless If I want to look to what is supposed to upset me, I look to Jesus. If I look to what is supposed to calm me down, I look to Jesus. I I tighten my core up with the truth of Jesus Christ. Watch, he goes on. I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. If that is not the description of, of, of tightening your belt of truth, I don't know what is. And then Pilate asks this question, and this is the question that every generation asks. We call it now postmodernism, but it doesn't matter. This has been going on forever. What is truth, Pilate says? What is truth? And when we get into relativism and, um, you know, just... Just speak your truth, and I speak my truth, but what if my truth messes up your truth, and your truth messes up mine, and it just keeps going around and around and around. It becomes very convoluted. And so uh, he says, what is, what is truth? And then he goes out and he goes, I, I can't find anything wrong with this guy. He hasn't, he hasn't really done anything. And so here's Jesus coming to testify of the truth. All he's talking to Pilate about is truth. And Pilate's like, I, I, I don't know. Thomas, staying in John just a few chapters before, Thomas was, Jesus was talking about, I got to go away. I got to go be with my father. And Thomas was like, "Well, where, where are you going, right? Thomas said to him, to Jesus, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way, right? And Jesus makes this famous, famous statement. I am the way, the truth, and the life. When we... Gir- we'll get to the sword of the Spirit. So I, what I'm not trying to say is that the truth, you know, don't... We're, we're, we're negating the truth of God's word. We'll get, we'll get to that. What I'm talking about is at our core, we become more and more like Jesus. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. If you really know me... You will know my father as well. That is the core of our identity as a Christian. Who Jesus is. His life. His death. And his resurrection. And the fact that he came as the exact representation of his heavenly father to save us from our sins. If our lives reflect that belief, that truth, it holds all the other armor in place. It holds everything else in place. Here's what John says even earlier when he first starts writing his book. He says, the word became flesh and made its dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the only, uh, one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. And those two things, grace and truth, juxtaposed, are really hard to pull off. Because here's what it looks like in my life. When I see someone who's not living in the truth, I kind of want to show them some grace. (laughs) Like, I don't want to just beat them up. I don't want to shame them. I don't want to go, hey, man, you know what? But is that really the most loving thing to do? Right? We'll see later on in Ephesians, it says, speak to one another in love. Like, you're going to speak the truth in love. And those are hard things to juxtapose. How do I know how to tighten my belt of truth? If I'm talking to somebody else, well, I look at Jesus. How did he do it? How did he do it? He was full of grace and truth. I have a quote from Charles Spurgeon, his famous preacher that I I really like. And it says this, discernment is not simply a matter of telling the difference between what is right and wrong. Rather, it is the difference between right and almost right. That's how we want to live our lives as Christians. I don't want a cheap substitute for Jesus. If there's an issue in my life, I want it addressed by Jesus. I don't want it addressed by some other thing that's almost that. That's why we gird our loins. We tighten our belt with truth. Because at my core, if it's not Jesus running the show, I'm going to be in big trouble. So we got Jesus, truth, right? But remember when Ephesians started, uh, when we were t- when we started talking in Ephesians, we are talking about the devil, the schemes of the devil. Well, how do we know if it's the devil? You know, all these different things. There's this other kingdom, this spiritual kingdom. Well, I just want to show some things that Jesus, in, again, in John, talks about the devil, and it's, it's just awesome, so I wanted to add it to this, uh, because we all know the devil's bad. I mean, I, I hope in a group this size you all uh, understand that. Okay, good. Wow, tough crowd. Um, but, but check out what Jesus says. If anyone who thinks, so this idea of grace and truth, anyone who thinks Jesus just walked around and just batted his eyelashes at everybody and flipped his hair and he's so loving and he just it was just rainbows and sunshine and all that, here's what Jesus tweeted one time. You belong to your father, the devil. Like, can you imagine? You're following Jesus on, on Twitter and it's like, whoa, who's he talking to? You know? It's like he's talking to the Pharisees. And then he says this, you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. Again, not holding to the truth. The the reason truth is so important and why we have to fight for the truth is that it is unloving for us to allow people in our lives to live a lie. It always ends bad for them. And this is the, as you can see from Jesus, this is the demonic scheme. If I can have you live a lie or an almost truth and just watch your life slowly destruct, that's demonic, that's satanic. And so he says, uh, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him, right? And he goes on, (laughs) when he lies, He speaks his native language, okay? So, estoy tratando a aprender español. I'm trying to learn Spanish. It is my second language, okay? But when someone speaks to me in Spanish, I have to stop. I have to, like, put my hands on my knees. I have to look at them, and I have to just say, please, like, I'm two years old, right? Uh, Slower. Slower I mean, it's the first Spanish word I learned. And please help me, Lord. That's the other thing I learned. Right? And so so that's, my, that's, that's my thing. But if I'm talking in English, if I'm talking in English, I can talk about any topic without even thinking about it. Just pick a topic. Somebody just yell out a topic. Raiders. Okay. All right. The, Ra- the Raiders. So uh, I'm a big football fan, and uh, I love watching football, and I love watching teams that succeed. And so I don't watch the Raiders because, okay, right? So so, so, so I, just, I just, that was just, right, because that's my native language, right? Now imagine you have an enemy, okay, that is so good at lying and so good at deceiving you and so good at taking your words and twisting them. And so good at when there's just a little, little tiny, the Bible calls it a foothold. He knows how to sneak in there. It just rattles right off his, his tongue. Remember, she remember was talking to Eve in the garden and he says, uh, he says uh, she said, well, he can't even touch it. She said, uh, he, he he didn't say that. Did he say that? Is that what he said? He goes, remember when he was talking to Jesus? Hey, 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 if you're really the son of God, you take, take these rocks and turn them into bread, right? He's just always, it's, it just rattles off with him. He is a liar and the father of lies. Ephesians says it this way for us. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow up. We will grow. That's why we say the armor of God is not loungewear. It's fighting. It's standing. It's saying, no, I realize that this is difficult in my life, but I know the truth of God. I know Jesus has redeemed me and saved me for something more. I will stand because he stood. He's my example. He's my Lord. He's my king. And he says oftentimes, get up and stand but it has to be by the truth because anything that is not the truth is demonic it comes from the evil one we don't have to look very far to see all the ways that has played out in america or wherever you want to look so what i thought i'd do real quick i just want to go through very quickly some lies that we that are almost truths you know they're, they're pretty close You know, you can kind of find some Bible verses that could shore up some of them. Some of them are out and out lies, but we still follow them. And when I show some of these, you might think to yourself, oh, I know that person, (laughs) right? Oh, yeah, oh, that's my dad, you know, whatever your family of origin is or what have you. I wanted to show you some of those things, and then we'll get back to uh, Ephesians again. Here's one. Uh, God wants me to be happy. I, I, I hear this very often Shockingly, as a pastor, God wants... He does not want you to be happy. He wants you to be holy. That's what He wants. And sometimes being holy doesn't make you very happy, okay? And so He he doesn't want you to be happy. He doesn't want you to be miserable. He wants you to have a life that's filled with fulfillment and amazing value. He created you in the image of God, right? Right? He doesn't want you to be happy, right? Uh, My past defines me. I hear that from people. They... They know this is in their past. They feel like their life has been a waste. There are some years that the locust has stolen. They made some mistakes. And now they say, you know, because of who I was, that's who I am. That is a lie. (laughs) That is a lie. Jesus died for all of that, has forgiven you. It's been nailed to the cross. Your past does not define you. I'm alone. I'm alone. You're not alone. You might not be married, and you might feel lonely, but your God will never leave you or forsake you. He's always with you. Jesus said um, uh, that he's with us to the ends of the age, right? He right? says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You're not alone. And if you're trying to exercise this shield of faith and the sword of the spirit with the belief that you're alone, you don't have your belt of, of truth tightened. You're, you're basing it all on a lie. Uh, I'll be happy when, you know, this, this next thing. When I get a raise, when I get a spouse, when my kids move out of the house— Although, that is pretty cool. Um, uh, I'll I'll be happy when. That there's something else, right? If only. If only she would act this way. If only he would do that. If only my boss would. If only my school. If only the Democrats would. The Republicans would. If only, if only, if only. Those are demonic schemes. We have everything we need pertaining to life and godliness, the Bible says. That is a belt of truth statement. Uh, God is not really good. He's holding out on me. He's just, uh, he's an angry father. He, um, you know, I can't have any fun. (laughs) Like he doesn't care about me. That's a lie that I hear quite often. Uh, This is my lie. Just so we're clear, I put my own stuff in there. I need to be in control. Uh, I tell myself this lie all the time. uh, And it doesn't help me. It never helps me. And when I get good at not believing this lie, my life goes better. So that's, that's one for me. Uh, truth is relative. Um, truth is complicated, right? It's nuanced, uh, but it's not relative. Uh, I can't forgive. This is a huge lie the enemy will place upon you, and you will be stuck with this. If you are stuck in unforgiveness, then you're stuck. And so the enemy would be, like, can you believe what? Can you believe what he did? Can you believe that? And all of culture says, oh that you were wronged, and to be wronged, especially in America, oh, it's the end of the world, all right? We're smarter now than, like, right? Like, in other words, we've kind of grown out of the Bible because it's old, and we're new, and we're smart, and they were dumb back then. They were the same people back then, okay? We're the same, we're the same. Uh, I can't change, that's another one. Uh, After this series on the armor of God, we're going to do a whole series Called "Can I Change?" Uh, The reason I'm doing that series is it was the number one question asked to Google in 2022. Can I change? And so we're going to address that because yes, you absolutely can change. So uh, I'm not worthy. That's the one I hear all the time. I I I, I've gone to God. I've asked for forgiveness 50 times. Uh, uh, I'm tired of myself asking for forgiveness. I can only imagine what he's feeling, right? I'm just, not, I'm just not worthy enough to be a Christian, to be a follower of Jesus. That is a lie that the enemy wants to give you. It's too late. Maybe you're older. Maybe you've gone through a couple marriages and you're just like, you know what? I, I had this time. It's almost along the lines of the, the past defining you. It's not too late. It is not too late. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're in your 80s, 90s. It is not too late. There's so much more kingdom work you can do. Uh, love is tolerance. In other words, if I love somebody, I don't call them out on their stuff. I just, whatever they want, that's their truth, whatever. As I watch their life decline and as I watch them destroy themselves, love is not tolerance. Okay? Now, I won't get into it all, but we should be tolerant, right? But what you know what I'm talking about, okay? We're not getting into that. All right. Uh, Joy is based on your circumstances, right? Um, You know, you look at someone else's life in comparison and look at that. Look what they had. If I only had that, then I could be joyful. It's a lie. I need to medicate. You do not need to medicate. That's a lie. It's okay if it doesn't hurt anyone. It always hurts someone, (laughs) namely you. And if it hurts you, it's a lie. God doesn't want you doing it, okay? And then my truth is all that matters. So here's what we're going to do. With all of that in the back of our minds, that we are in a battle that is not of flesh and blood, that we are in a battle of principalities, powers, rulers, kingdoms of this dark world, and that we have at our disposal this armor of God, this belt of truth that is represented in Jesus Christ, the ultimate truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is filled with grace and truth. We're going to reread the section of scripture again, starting in Ephesians 6, as the worship band comes back up. And see if you can't maybe think of it in a different way or with more nuance as we begin this series with this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, the liar and his lying schemes and the way he affects culture. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against those things, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, this security of who Jesus is, the security that he has modeled for us a life that we can withstand anything if our core is strengthened amen we're gonna uh enter into a uh just a slower time of worship we'll end with a, a final song and uh we if you want to come up and uh kneel at the altar that's what i like to do uh, each sunday is just kind of reset for my week and so i'll come and kneel and pray um there'll be people praying by the cross here if you'd like someone to lay hands on you and just pray uh, specifically for something that you're going through, um, but we'll, uh, we'll end with this song, and then I'll come back up and bless us before we leave. Lord Jesus, thank you for modeling what it means to live in the light, to live in truth. Lord, I pray for those of us here that have uh, been believing lies for too long, that they're not worthy, that they're not smart enough that uh, their times over that they blew it that they uh, that that they uh, can't achieve anything lord god i pray that you would break through that that you would bring